Welcome to Dads, Daughters, and Dollars, a financial podcast for everyone. Now, here's one of my favorite people. (laughs) I'm Sean, the dad, clearly the favorite. And I'm Caitlin, the daughter, clearly my dad's mistaken. Ooh, unlock that all up in my contacts. Ooh, unlock that all up in my contacts. I have no idea what he's singing. What are you singing? Lizzo. Oh my God. Welcome everyone. You don't know Lizzo, that song? I don't specifically know that song. I guarantee you've heard it. I mean, maybe, but I... It's going to come full circle when we, at the end of the show, we'll see how Lizzo and what I just said, unlock that all up in my contacts, which is a song called uh, Phone Call or my phone, uh, Phone Call. (laughs) Yeah. Again, um, hello, welcome to Dad's Daughters and Dollars, <laughs> where we talk about Lizzo. <laughs> yes, uh, but it'll come full uh, hi, Lizzo. circle. You're not going to listen, but you know, sure you, do. you are. Sure you are. Hi. So what are we talking about? What are we talking about today? Uh, I believe on this lovely Monday night, you wanted to talk about uh, Bitcoin. I was yes. about to say Lizzo again because that's just <laughs> uh, you caught me off guard. Well, you're going to see how they join together by the end of the show, right? No, uh-huh. I know. So, but Bitcoin, yes. And it's funny enough because I've been thinking oddly enough about it in recent days because I've seen random things saying if you invested in it exactly. when it was you know small, exactly. where you'd be at now. So, but, what do you what do you know about Bitcoin? Do you have any of your friends who invest in Bitcoin? I feel like I've had a friend of a friend of a friend, or you know, someone who was at the business school in college whose friend had a friend who was super into Bitcoin. Um, I remember, I think a couple people at the Daily, the student newspaper I worked at, talked about it, but I can't, I can't put my finger on it. But it's basically. A digital currency, it's not something like I could not give you a physical Bitcoin. That's not what it is. But beyond that, it just kind of, it's hard to describe. Yeah, it's hard to describe because it's not a physical thing. And I think people, you know, if you're heavily in, know how the stock market works, it's easier for you to think of, okay, we've made something valuable because people want more of it. So then that makes it more valuable because I don't know if there's some endless supply of Bitcoin. Like it's a weird concept, but it's uh, it's not real is all I know. It's not a physical, Ooh. it's not a physical. Oh, okay, well, it's real. It's just not something you can physically hold. You have gotten to one of my points. It's not real. So let's talk a little bit about Bitcoin. So it was created in 2009. So it's only been around 11 years. Wait, wait. I thought the whole, it was it was a whole crazed thing cryptocurrency maybe like anywhere from three to five years ago was it was crazy it wasn't it was as that's when it's as old as obama yes and it starts it started going crazy in terms of fluctuations in the market but so in 2009 this was created and was worth zero it was just an idea and it's exactly what you said it's a digital peer-to-peer cash system or cryptocurrency right so there's there's no actual physical coin they say that you you buy and sell things and people invest in it. You have a digital wallet. And then inside that wallet, it has a private and a public key that you use to buy and sell things. Got it. Okay. But exactly what you said, it's a piece of air. It's just something that's on the internet that says you have this value. Right. 
the problem with that and the huge problem I have, if you buy a house and the market starts to go down and you bought a house for 200000 now it's worth 100000 you still actually have the four walls and the plumbing and everything inside your house. So it is worth something. There's something physical or tangible there. With cryptocurrency, it's just what the internet says. You, with cryptocurrency, you could essentially invest money into it and it go in the stock market. It could go crash. way up. It could go way down. And if you like, you know, not that you want to lock in your losses and take it out when it's, you know, oh, it crashed. I have to save what money Bitcoin is worth now and I'm selling it all. That, um, that you're only left. The, the interesting concept is that technically you're putting in, like technically if it's nothing, then if you, if you lose it or if you gain it, it's, it's like it's hard to look at it as a true loss or a true gain. But if it is a gain, if it is a true gain, then like you sell it and you take your money's worth. It can definitely be a true loss. But if it's a true loss, but you, I mean, it only really, I guess what I'm trying to explain right now only really applies if you bought 10 Bitcoin for $5 in 2010, if that. Like all I'm saying is that $5 isn't a huge investment. I feel like, you know, we'll spend $5 here and there any day. People spend $5 on shipping all the time. So it, it makes me think that because you only invested $5, if suddenly now it's worth so much, that's a true gain. But if suddenly it went back down to only $100, that's definitely a loss than it was before, but it's not the same. But versus if you are super into Bitcoin, you've researched cryptocurrency, you think it's going up and you invest, you know, I don't know however many grand, because I guess people who invest have that much to invest. Let's say you invest three grand and then suddenly that three grand is worth 300. That's a true loss. So I think if you're investing in Bitcoin now, it's definitely a true loss. But for anyone who's like wants to invest in a new cryptocurrency and it does go up, it doesn't really feel like it's a true loss. But that's a debate to be had elsewhere. What were you saying? I sidetracked. So, but Bitcoin's all based on computer code. Yeah. So you go online and it's all these tons of computers and algorithms and ledgers and you're supposedly given a Bitcoin, but you're not physically given anything. It just says someplace in some ledger you bought, someone was selling, or you can technically use it to buy products. Okay. Okay. So like- Oh, right. Because some companies are accepting- certain amounts of Bitcoin if you want to buy something. and then So th- this is the pros of Bitcoin. There's pros. Genuinely, guys, right now. If you're, you're surprised. I am surprised you're going to have a pro. I mean, you're a very level-headed person and that you will always, you know, you'll have your list of reasons. You'll have a pro and a con sign. But knowing you, I feel like... This is a this is a pretty cryptocurrency is still I feel like pretty risky. So the fact that there is any pros, guys, this is a miracle. But let's listen. Listen, I'm not gonna let you down. The cons are gonna so outweigh the pros, you're gonna say, <laughs> why'd you even bring up the pros? Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> so the pros spoiler. are Bitcoin is now accepted by many businesses. And I'm gonna give you an example. Yeah, because I'm curious. Microsoft, AT&T, Burger King, Subway, Pizza Hut, they all accept cryptocurrency. Okay, so if I wanted to go and buy I was about to say a six foot long. <laughs> I don't need a sandwich Subway. that big. Yeah, if I wanted a Subway and I wanted a a, a six inch, I could give them point zero zero two zero five whatever. Of a Bitcoin. I, I don't know exactly if you have like a 
you yeah, know, just an exchange. A, a digital code on your phone, yeah. and then it, they accept the code. I don't know exactly wow. how it works because you're going to find out by the end of the show, and I'll give it away now. I'm not going to invest in Bitcoin. Got it. And that's not a surprise to you. Right? No, it's not. All right. So even Amazon doesn't directly take it, but you can go through this other company that then you can buy products on Amazon. Got it. Okay. So there's all those companies that did. So like the more chances you have to use money and maybe not give someone cash or give them your credit card or whatever, that's an upside. So you got... Oh, because then someone won't steal it. Right. I mean, cash is well, cash, but, well, but credit card. But yeah. if you are a business, you could now accept it. So if you started a construction company and somebody's going to, you know, uh, sell you something, they're selling you uh, 500 bags of cement, you might be able to go, oh, that company accepts Bitcoin. You might be able to do that. You could set up your company like that if you so desire, right? There are 32.5 million businesses in the U.S., Right now, there are 23,000 that accept Bitcoin. That's a, that's a really tiny amount. That's like 0. 0.4. That's pretty tiny, but when you consider, you know, if you're someone who goes to Burger King three times a week, you know. Okay. I don't I don't know. I mean, that's a, it's a really lame argument, but yeah, I guess that's not a lot. That's more than I would have thought, though. Like, I, I can't imagine that how many people are playing for uh, Burger King and Bitcoin. Like, the just... The audience doesn't really match right. the payment type, in 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 my general opinion. But uh, sorry, you were saying. So here's another pro: the transactions can be in real time. So like you pay with Bitcoin, and in ten minutes the money is transferred to whoever you bought from. Right. A lot of times you pay with a credit card. It takes two to three di- days for the company to actually get the money. So if you go in a subway and you pay with a Visa card. They might not get the money directly that day. They right. might wait two to three days. You don't get your bill as the person who bought the thing at Subway with your credit card for 30 days. It could even be five weeks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's just another payment option for businesses. So those are the pros. And here come the cons. <laughs> Voice change. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> price volatility. In 2009, it was something like, oh, it it was nine cents or whatever it was. And then in 2010, I, I checked. It was something like, oh, $4.80. And sometimes it dropped to $2.20. We are in the middle of January of 2021. Take a guess what one Bitcoin is worth. Okay. So uh, funny enough, this is when I was... Looking up today on the internet. I, I, I wasn't looking it up. But the other day, there was someone who had posted... Or there was an article about a guy who had many Bitcoin... But he forgot his password to get in to get like access his Bitcoin, right? Because obviously, I mean, it's probably has some security measures like that, and uh, you know, it was worth, you know, however many hundred grand, you know, like three hundred fifty grand. Um, so I'm gonna guess that one Bitcoin is worth like was it like thirty thousand? Ooh, very close. Thousand dollars today. We're midway, I'm not going to say the exact date, but we're midway through January of 2021. And the price today was $36,475.20 per Bitcoin. Okay, so I had a feeling it was 35, but I said 31st, and then the record will state that I said 35 is my second guess. Um, So that's cool. So, all right, but here's the thing about price volatility, and we've talked about in the past. I'm only investing in things... If I find out there's a tech stock that's getting, 
you know, 39% one year and the next year it's getting four or minus 20. It's too volatile. You want something that's more steady. Right. All right. So Slow and steady is, wins the race. Exactly. And Bitcoin is all about volatility. I'm going to give you an example. March 2020, Bitcoin lost 50% of its value in 24 hours. Right. So that was probably due to the pandemic. And correct. Do you know it's impossible for the stock market to lose more than 20% in 24 hours? Do you know why? Um, no. Would the Fed like come in and stop, like shut it down? There are certain what's called breaks on the stock market. Yeah. So if the stock market dropped 15%, they shut it down for 20 minutes. No one can trade anything. If it drops 20%, it's shut down for the day. Got it. So it's a time for people to take a breather and say, stop being so emotional. Right. Don't react wow. like, like the world is ending. But with Bitcoin, all right, so it dropped 50% in 2020, but maybe that's realistic because of a pandemic and people are panicking. In 2018, it lost 80% of its value. 2018, it lost 80% of its value. Right. Just, yeah, I got to get those numbers. So That's let's say crazy. you, yeah, let's say you bought a house for a hundred thousand and then six months later they say it's worth 20,000. Even still in, got a house. Even in that case, you still have the four walls, you have the plumbing, the walls, the windows, you have the floors, you yeah. have something of value that might go up someday. But with Bitcoin, you just have air. It's just air. It's computer code. Right. But in using an argument against you, the you know, it is pretty volatile, but couldn't you also just argue that, you know, it lost 80% and then three months later it gained 60%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we, we could make that argument, but as I go down the list, you're going to see why that's not a good argument. Gotcha. All right, 2013, Bitcoin lost 50% in six hours. Was there a reason, like, what event happened I, on that day? I honestly don't know. People be emotional. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, so there you go. We talked about it in the past. Don't, uh, don't invest emotionally. Well, I think if, if it, you know, it honestly, it seems to me like it's, if there was no main event on that day, kind of seems to me like, you know, a, co a coincidence that, okay, five people who had a lot of shares of Bitcoin suddenly just said, you know what, I'm out, I'm taking this. And then everyone starts following the trends. So if they see it going down, they're like, I'm getting out while I can, getting out while I can. And then that just is like a big snowball. So I feel like some of these things, especially if they're super volatile or like from coincidence almost, you know, if like enough. I'm people sure it's, it's I'm sure it has to do with news events. Jump ship. I'm sure it's but it's also based on huge amount of speculation. It's what people are, you know, um, Bitcoin is called futures. Bitcoin futures. So you're guessing what it's going to be worth in the future. Mm. I heard that now at t is using it. I bet the value of it's going to go up. So many more people are going to want to use it. I'm mm. going to invest. Oh. Oh, guess what? Amazon's taking it now. I'm going to invest. Does Amazon take it? it not directly. There's another company. There's an, and they, and, and they, that company can buy from Amazon. But you it. use Bitcoin with that as an intermediary. Um, this. I'll just say this because I, I feel like it's a good metaphor for it. Um, it feels like Bitcoin is the equivalent of you're on a boat and because you've seen the Titanic before, you see five people get off the boat and you go, oh my God, I have to get off the boat too. It's going to sink. It's going down. And then more people get off the boat and more people get off the boat. It, it's more people keep jumping ship. Um, I don't want to say that was a bad example, but the people that got off the ship were the ones that lived. 
<laughs> True. But I know True. exactly what you're saying. I know they, what you're saying. They fear it's going to be the Titanic, but so they jump off a, even though it's, you know, fine. It's a good example. It's just a ship that has like the coronavirus or something. I don't you're know. You're just based on what the crowd is doing, I'll do. Yeah. Um, all right. So here's the number two reason that's a con. It's not backed by anything. There's no physical coin that you get. There's no government that backs it. There's no bank that backs it. There's no brokerage that backs it. So I'm going to give Oh, you so it's not FEIC insured or... None of that. I don't think it's even called the FEIC. Is it, what is it called? There is no institution that... No, but that what backs, backs the banks? Oh, like FDIC. FDIC. I was saying FEIC. Okay, yeah. Right. FDIC. So it's not insured by So anything. an example, if you go and put... Uh, a hundred thousand, or let's say ninety thousand dollars in the bank, the Bank of America, and somehow hackers get in and steal that ninety thousand dollars. The bank buys insurance from the federal government. Your money is guaranteed up to a hundred thousand. That is not true of Bitcoin. If your money is stolen, it's gone. There is no bank that comes and saves you. There is no brokerage that saves you. There's no government that saves you. Of any cases reported that Bitcoin was stolen? Oh, yes. And you knew (gasps) I was going to bring some up. I know. I'm kind of shocked. I thought you were just kind of saying that as like, you got to always be careful. Watch your back. No, it's a prime target for hackers. Uh, There was a, I don't remember the exact year, but I looked up today. There was a Japanese Bitcoin market that had 460 million stolen by hackers. 460 million? Yes. From the digital wallets. So Jeez. nobody helps you if you're cheated. I, you know, I, we told you brokerage-wise, I'm with Schwab. That's guaranteed, the money. Like if somehow somebody hacked into Schwab's system, they guarantee me the money. They will replace whatever's. And you go, okay, what if you had $10 million? They will replace $10 million. Yeah, because they're worth more than $10 million. $10 million is a drop in the bucket. Exactly. Yeah. They, they can, it's not an issue. So oh, he, the banks. Here's the thing in terms of hacking. Your di- if your digital tokens are stolen, you have no recourse because the code can be erased and rewritten. And I believe that's what happened in the Japanese case. You so have, it, was, it was a Japanese cryptocurrency? It wasn't Bitcoin? Uh, I think it was some sort of form of Japanese Bitcoin. Got it. So if, let's say you owned $18,000 worth of Bitcoin and, and the digital code is like 39 numbers. And it says, oh, you t- you bought those 39 numbered code from this guy who has his 62 digital code. And now so you've done that. But then somebody goes in and changes the code and makes sure that they get it. And so then- now your code doesn't even, isn't even worth anything anymore and their code is all of your money. Exactly. And then you, you call, who do you call and say, you got to help me? There's no one to call. Wow. You have no recourse. All right. So that was number two. So the first one was price volatility. It goes up and down like crazy. It's it's subject to hacking was number two. It's not insured. Yeah, not insured. Number three, it has no price history. You know how I, we always talk about when we're talking about investing in index funds and various things and staying in the market? You go, well, over this 80-year period, the stock market averaged 9.3%. You can track a history so that you can get some f- – form of education that says this is a, a reasonable risk I'm taking by putting my money in the index fund, putting my money so since, in Coca-Cola or whatever. You, you're telling me since 2009, they haven't tracked how much and how down it's right, gone? Right, but it's only 
been around 11 years and the fluctuations have been so high and down, any reasonable person would say this doesn't make sense to invest in this. So they don't even keep, they don't even bother keeping track of the history? I mean, frankly, oh, even yeah. if- you can track the history, but if you see it go way up and way down and way up and way down, what oh, makes you you're think- saying why you're you- not going to be able to make a- All right. So I said it wrong. It has no stable price history. Okay. There you go. All right. It has no reasonable well, price and also, history. If it's only been around, what, this is the 12-year anniversary? If it's only been around 12 years, you know- And it's less than that because we're in the early 2021 and I think it was formed in the middle of- tw- 2009 so it's like so, 10 and a half years yeah about that is uh that's not even enough history to say you know how will it perform over 80 years how will it perform exactly. over so yeah it's kind of hard i mean it makes me wonder on you know since the beginning it's clearly gone up a lot but in the past you know six months especially with the pandemic. I mean, it's hard to say that for the past, you know, basically year, because Bitcoin was probably affected ever since coronavirus came out in like 2019, because it is COVID-19 or in 2021 and it was started in 19. It makes me wonder if it's even been more volatile throughout the pandemic and what the net, so you lose 20% one day, but then you gain 35% the next day. It makes me wonder you know, but then you lose 42%. So like, it makes me wonder how, what the average is, you know, between all of those. It, it's, it's, it's definitely not worth it is his point. Yes, yeah. I know. So, but we, we talked about Bitcoin futures. And so it's based on what we think the value of Bitcoin will be worth in the future. I'm going to guess what it's going to be worth in the future, but you don't have enough history to say what the future will be. 10 years is not enough. Right. And so I'll give you an example. You know, your cousin, love beanie babies, right? So if she had a collection of, let's say, 200 beanie babies, if she buys those and she believes that when she's 40 years old, she's going to sell those beanie babies and it's going to be worth something. And she, like, my collection is worth something. But she, the first reason she should buy the beanie babies because she likes them and she wants to collect them and she's getting whatever enjoyment out of owning them. Right. It's the same thing like I own some sports memorabilia. I enjoy owning the sports memorabilia. I didn't buy them just to sell them. I'll, I'll sell them when I'm 186 and I pass on and then you get them. For those who haven't listened before, I've, I said when I was 63 to my daughter that I'm sad that a third of my life is over and I try and kind of believe that. Wouldn't that make you 189 though? Well, I think I said at 62, so that makes it 186. Okay. All right. So, but- very, very mathematic here. So when it has no price history, what you're doing is you're timing the market. You're guessing when it's going to go down and I'll buy. And you're guessing when it went up, I'm going to sell, trying to make some money. And then if you three days, if it kept going up, you're like, oh, I should have waited. Well, it makes me wonder what, what will happen, you know, upcoming inauguration, change of presidents. It makes me wonder how much more volatile it'll be. Yeah, we'll see. All right. So the number four reason um, Bitcoin popularity could crash if another currency becomes more popular. Is there only like one cryptocurrency that's worth no. something at a time? Like I feel no, like there's other there's, cryptocurrencies there's other on the market. Currencies, but who knows if I don't know, Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos get together and decide to come up with a digital currency or something like that, and that becomes the popular currency. That could it, be a hit. If that happens, Bitcoin then could go worth nothing. So let's say in the last... And people would jump ship and then it would just be literally worth nothing. I'm going to take a wild guess. Let's say in 
2019, you bought it at 18,000 a coin. And you bought 10 coins, you own 180,000. And as of today, it was worth 36,000, I told you. So you're like, wow, I doubled my money. And let's say in two years, those guys develop their own cryptocurrency. Your $180,000 could be worth zero because nobody wants to buy it because it's not popular anymore. And that could happen. And you have no recourse. Hmm. I think we invest in an index fund. I'm investing in 3,600 companies. I actually own 3,600 companies. What are the chances of, of all zero, of zero, 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 right, zero, but, zero, seven, but what are what are the chances <laughs> of all 3,600 going bankrupt? Then we have much bigger problems in the world that we have to worry about. Right. All right. Here's Bitcoin. Right now, I just read this, is the currency choice of criminal organizations. It's how they pass money between each other. Wow. Well, I'm not surprised because hackers are clearly have $460 million to play with. Right. Um, I, I will ask, I, I don't know how many more points you have to go that through. That was mostly it. It makes me wonder if, you know, it was probably sometime during the pandemic when we were all surfing the internet and learning how to make bread and getting into weird hobbies. Um, that phase for me is kind of past. <laughs> um, but I would, I watched a video about someone who studies cryptocurrencies and she was very excited for the future of cryptocurrency. None of these cons were very, were mentioned at all, but she said it was something that she's, you know, saw the future being in cryptocurrency. And it makes me wonder, do you think, you know, from all that you know, that banks would want to ins- go through the through the process of trying to make their own cryptocurrency, backing it up, um, you know, making sure it's it's impenetrable to hackers, or at least significantly harder, as hard as it would be to, you know, get into stocks and index funds and mutual funds and anything now. Do you think that's a possibility? It's a it's a big maybe. As of right now, I don't see there's any way they're getting into it. Because, I mean, I feel like they'd probably want to stay away from volatility, but then then there's I feel like there's half the markets that are super into the day trading volatility part of the market. So I don't know. I think if you do that and you're the CEO of a big corporation like Bank of America, you don't keep your job too long. Yeah. Um, so- Especially after, what, 2008, 2009? Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. Bitcoin is all FMO, uh, FOMO. You know, it's all fear of missing out. It's all speculation. And it's a, it's, to me, it's a huge risk. I, my recommendation to you now that we're wrapping up the show is I would never invest in Bitcoin. Doesn't well, mean we five, knew that was going to be the recommendation right, from the but start. It, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if I changed my mind in five years. I would have to see more stability. I would have to see it more recommended by people I respect. I would have to do some more research. But right now, it's just way too crazy. You go, oh my God, $36,000 a coin. I'd be rich. Yeah. No, you're, you're emotionally investing. So well, you heard it here, probably not first, folks, but somewhere along the line, you heard it here. Bitcoin, so, not Sean Mulcahy approved. Right. So, And I guess I, the, I don't approve of it either. So the, the Lizzo song was called Phone Call. So if you have your phone and you have whatever Bitcoin app on it so you can go in a subway and buy something, that bit can be um, hacked. So unlock that all up in my contacts. You're all up inside my Bitcoin, 
and it could be stolen. And you literally could have $360,000, 10 Bitcoin in your thing. And the next day or hours later, you could have zero. So if Lizzo's song in- is essentially to the hackers saying, no, don't get all up in my phone and that's, take my Bitcoin. It's a bit of a stretch, but I can. No, that's my lame version of tying rap into Bitcoin. <laughs> well, um, Lizzo were, you know, some of your biggest fans. So there's that. Thank you for helping us make a fun little lesson with Bitcoin. It makes me wonder. Did she write that song intended it um, no, to be? Yeah, no definitely way. not. There's definitely no not. I'm stretching. Um, but, you know, we did it anyways. So that's what we're here for. I Thank you for uh, putting it in at least some fun young terms. You know, I listen to Lizzo. I have friends who listen to Lizzo. We have some fun little playlists we make together with Lizzo on it. So there Excellent. you go. Um, Again, thank you for listening. Please subscribe. I did hear from two people today who said they started listening to it and they love it and they're going to subscribe. Woo! Well, thank you. Um, Um, And thank you to everyone who's listened to us so far. We're rolling ahead into 2021 and uh, we're just going to keep going. Thank you for listening I hope you get something out of this uh, podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. The content on Dads, Daughters, and Dollars is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional financial advice. Listeners should consult an attorney, accountant, financial planner, or other professionals to suit your specific needs.